Hello, Southwest family. We are here again to continue our uh, D6 study, and this week we will be in John 3. Last week, uh, Ken took us through uh, John 1 and began to really lay the foundation of why uh, God sent uh, Christ into this world. And today in John 3, we'll get to uh, the essence, the, the real reason for which everything was created uh, and why Christ came. And chapter 3 of John, is it's a big, a big chapter. There, There's so much in this chapter. There's three primary sections, a visit from Nicodemus, uh, God's love for the world, and then John the Baptist doing some teaching and having some conversations with some folks, uh, some of his disciples uh, and a Jew, uh, around some of the philosophies that uh, that they were uh, philosophizing about. We'll get to that here uh, in a second. But let me uh, just read this chapter out loud for us, and then we will dig in uh, to this study on John 3. I'm going to be reading out of the uh, New Living Translation. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do, unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes. You hear its sound, but you do not know where that comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light. It does not come to the light, lest his work should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. After this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside, and he remained there with them and was baptizing. John also was baptizing at Anon near Salem, because water was plentiful there, and people were coming and being baptized. For John had not yet been put in prison. 
Now a discussion arose between some of John's disciples and a Jew over purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who is with you across the Jordan to whom you bore witness, look, he's baptizing, and all are going to him. John answered, A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. The one who is has the bride is the bridegroom, the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him, rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. He bears witness to what he has seen and heard, yet no one receives his testimony. Whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. For he whom God has sent utters the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. So I want to start in the middle of the chapter with God's love. Now, as we get into these verses here uh, in the middle, uh, as we go straight into uh, John 3.16, one of the most quote, often quoted, one of the most displayed scriptures in the Bible. This is probably an extension of Christ's conversation with Nicodemus. As you can see, it's right there in, it, right there, following what Christ is say, telling Nicodemus about Moses lifting up the serpent uh, in the wilderness, which is a great story if you're talking to the kids to go back to the Old Testament and, and, and talk about that imagery there of the serpent being lifted up and how uh, people were healed from their bites uh, because they looked upon that. And we are healed from our sins when we look upon Christ. So in this section, it flows into this. And then John 3.16 is shared where God created the world. And we know from last week's lesson that Christ was with God at creation. And that Christ and that creation was not possible without Christ. That Christ is both light and life. In John 1, when it talks about uh, the word being of God, that, that word in Greek that we translate into word in John 1 is logos. And this Greek word actually expands deeper into actually meaning language or voice. So creation was spoken. A voice was spoken and creation came about. So this world we live in was spoken into being, and through the voice of God, humanity was created. And Christ was that voice. Christ is here talking to Nicodemus here in chapter 3. And now in John 3.16, we see that God loves the people of the world so much so that he sent his only son into that world. And what are the three primary elements coming forth from this if you look in uh, if you look in verse 18 and 19 we need to believe first and if we believe we will not perish but we will have eternal life 
that Christ didn't come to condemn, it tells us very clearly, but to offer an avenue for us, a way for us to be saved. And that very first, most critical step is to believe. The second big concept here in verses 16 through uh, 21 is the reference to darkness and light. We've already talked about how Christ is light, how he is life. And going back to creation, creation, the world was created. Everything we see around us, every animal, every tree, every person that we see was a result of this world being created out of nothingness, out of darkness. And then Christ is the light and the life giver. Sin and condemnation is in darkness. Light exposes everything. You shine a light into a dark room and the room becomes visible to us. The most important thought I think here in this section, an additional important thought beyond John 3.16 and God's love for us and having sent Christ is that truth is seen in the light. Truth is not seen in darkness. Truth does not exist in darkness. Truth exists in the light. When we pursue truth and goodness, we come into the light. The works of our life are exposed in the light and true, clean, good works are clearly seen, as it says in verse 20. One here, but whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. See, so many things go on in this world that are dark. And it, it may be done in the light, so to speak, in the daytime. But when you Hear and experience dark thoughts and evil intentions. Those are not things that exist in light, in God's light, in Christ's light. But those are the things when Christ shines his light upon it, it exposes those deeds for what they are, which is pure evil. So in our lives, we focus on living in the light that all of our life, all of our actions are exposed All of our actions are visible to God. And he looks at that. He looks for what is true. He looks for what is honorable. He looks for what is pure. And As we head on through this chapter, I want to go to the end, and then we'll come back to the top uh, with Nicodemus. As we move into verse uh, 22, we clearly see and are told here that both Jesus and John were baptizing with water. See, belief is that first step that we talked about just a few verses ago, but it's followed by a water baptism. Verse 23 shares with us that John was baptizing at Anon. And why was he baptizing there? It says specifically because water was plentiful there. Well, why does it matter that this is, why is this shared, that water is plentiful there? What it's getting to, what, what John is getting to, is that so many people were wanting to be baptized, so many people believed in Christ that they wanted to be baptized, and they needed a large body of water because lots of people were being baptized, and they needed lots of water. Isn't that an awesome image 
of people experiencing Christ, seeing Christ, seeing his works, seeing his miracles, believing in him, and being driven to action to be baptized. A passion for God, a renaissance. See, something I'm, I'm constantly amazed at is throughout the New Testament and the Acts and throughout the rest of the New Testament, God movements are not small. Belief in Christ is not small. Christ transforms this worldly experience into something bigger and better and eternal. And people want that. If we can just simply get out of our way, get out of the way of sharing the message of God and stop putting so many requirements on top of what's required in order to be in God and to be of Christ and to touch and bless other people that we come in contact with and to share that story as us as the light then so that they want to be a part of what Christ has offered in them, which is eternal life. When people see Christ purely, they are driven to respond and you need large bodies of water to deal with it. I just, I just, I just love that. Now, that's not the point of this section. I, I made it into a bigger point. But as is normal in the Bible and in our age, people were philosophizing. So we see here John's disciples and a Jew, and some writers actually think this was Nicodemus. They approach John and say, hey, you both, both of you guys are baptizing. Both you and John, John, you and Christ are both baptized. Isn't, isn't that a problem? I mean, doesn't that bother you? Which, and by the way, which one is really better? Which one's more pure? Which one do you think is actually the one that people should be pursuing? And John doesn't take the bait. He says, I've already told you, I'm not the Christ. He's the Christ. He is greater. I am lesser. He must increase. I must decrease. So, are you looking for a new bumper sticker or a new window sticker or a slogan to live by or maybe a way to stay in the light? Verse 30, chapter 3. He must increase. I must decrease. If that's not a theme for our lives, I don't know what a better theme would be for us to constantly find ways to decrease our self-interest and to let God and Christ rule in our lives and get bigger and bigger and become a bigger and bigger part of our lives. The Christ is from a God, excuse me, Christ is from above. Christ is God come to earth as a man. And when we embrace Christ for who he is, we exalt Christ as true. The spirit moves and responds without limits. Those are the words coming from the last part of this chapter. And then John wraps this particular section up in verses 35 and 36. Father God loves his son. And he's given all things and all power to Christ. So that whoever believes in the son has eternal life. Whoever does not believe and obey the Son or Christ will not have eternal life and will feel the wrath of God. Do we live in a world that thinks, hey, you know what, there are no consequences. There is no standard. There is no test that's going on. We won't be scored. But we live in a world where eternal consequences are at play. 
And Christ came to this world to offer a path of redemption to all of humanity. And so this is at the back top of the chapter. This is where we find Nicodemus. Nicodemus has heard of Christ. Nicodemus has heard of the miracles, has perhaps even seen some of these miracles and witnessed the miracles. And Nicodemus, who is a powerful and influential teacher, he's a Pharisee. He's a wealthy man also, uh, from what we understand. And Nicodemus comes to Christ at night with deep thoughts on his mind. He came at night, not out of fear, but out of practicality, because night was the best time to find Christ alone. Christ wasn't in the midst of a crowd at night, so this was the perfect time for Nicodemus to approach Christ. And he had things on his mind. He had deep thoughts that he wanted to try to understand and maybe get some answers to. And he acknowledges Christ as God. He says, because no one can perform the miracles if they weren't God. Jesus skips right over all the pleasantry. He doesn't build the conversation. He doesn't have a, a, a nice, calm conversation where it goes on. Uh, he, he just sees deep into Nicodemus and goes right to the heart of the visit. The deepest concept that Nicodemus is after. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I'm sure Nicodemus was like, well, good evening to you too. Uh, but this is what he was here trying to figure out. And Nicodemus says, what? I don't understand. How is that even possible? I said, you got to be born of water, of spirit. That's the birth that makes it possible to enter the kingdom of God. See, there's two births, one of flesh, when we are brought into this world and we breathe and we and we grow, that's the first birth. The second birth, and you could say this, the birth necessary to get out of this world, the way God designed us to be, is through the Spirit. Nicodemus goes, I don't understand. And Christ here gets pretty honest with Nicodemus. He says, you're an important teacher of faith of God, of redemption, and you're teaching other people all of these concepts, and you don't understand? How can you possibly teach things of spiritual nature when you can't even understand the physical things that I'm saying? So he says, I'm Christ. I've descended so I could ascend. So look to me. Watch me be lifted up on a cross. Watch me ascend. Look on me. Believe. Be born again in the spirit and water, and you will have eternal life. It's a great chapter. It's a great encounter. I hope it blesses you. I, I think this week's teachings are very simple. There's there's a, several of them I want to emphasize. One is God loves us. Secondly, so much that he sent his son. And then third, Christ was lifted up for us to die for us so that we could have eternal life. That is the reason for creation. That is the reason for Christ coming. Everything is designed by God so that he can bring us home to him in eternal life. But fourth, we must believe and then be born again through water and baptism. Gazing is not enough. Thinking is not enough. We must believe and act, and then we'll be filled with the Spirit through that baptism. I'll leave you with two primary thoughts. I want to go back to verse 30. He must increase, but I must decrease. May we seek to let Christ, the Father, the Spirit, increase in our lives. And may we constantly get our worldly self to decrease. And then secondly, 
from verse 21. May we all come into the light so that may be clearly seen that our works have been carried out in God and for God. And people will respond in large numbers because they see the love of God in our lives. May this, may this lesson bless you. May chapter three bless you. Next week, we're going to look into, into chapter four, but please enjoy this week, uh, especially if you're talking with your kids about it. Uh, and as a family, please enjoy the richness and the depth of John three. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit of time with me today. This is Mark Compton for Southwest.